Welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. I would now like to introduce our tax practice leader, Joe Bouble. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Citroen Cooperman's Taxes in 10 podcast. My name is Joe Bouble. I'm a tax partner in the New York City office and the firm's tax practice leader. Today is another one of our series of podcasts on the international tax provisions that were enacted by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act talking about FITI, and to do that, we have Paul Daly, who is an international tax partner based in our New York City office. Paul, welcome. Thank you, Joe. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, and glad to have you, and as well as glad to have you on the other two podcasts. The other two were on Guilty and on the 962 election. Today, as I said, is on FITI. So since we've gone through the other ones, can you is FITI similar to Guilty, or is it exactly what is it? Thank you, Joe, and I love acronyms now. We have guilty, we have FIDI. This is all a result of the TCJA. FIDI is a benefit where guilty could be viewed as, you know, sometimes a detriment in recognizing income where in the past you did not. FIDI is a benefit. Um, it's called foreign-derived intangible income. And, you know, I had mentioned on guilty was that it didn't really relate just to intangible income, neither does FITI. FITI basically relates to exports. And sometimes I'm hesitant to say that because you never want to look in terms of being an unfair subsidy um, in terms of exports, but it really looks to benefit um, U.S. companies for export sales and services. And basically it gives a tax benefit a reduced rate of income for this taxable income attributable to any type of foreign activity conducted by a U.S. company. Okay, and so can everyone take advantage of that? No, and that's the key. You know, you see on TCJA, and I think there were certainly um, biases made towards corporate entities, and I think this is a continuation of that. This is only only available to C corporations, not S corporations, not partnerships. And we've had, Joe, some um, migration to C corporations for this very reason. So it has to be a C corporation. And again, there could be a conversion. Um, I've had one S corporation where we just was able to take the um, it's called the foreign operations and drop it into a C corporation to take advantage of this benefit. Okay. And so what are the savings if you, if somebody, you know, qualifies for it? Absolutely. It's a low, it's a deduction. Meaning what you do is you determine what you call your foreign income. So you take your foreign sales, you take your foreign services. And again, you basically do a snapshot P&L. You take your course of goods sold, you allocate your expenses, and you come out to what's called, <clears throat> excuse me, your foreign income. What is your taxable income, if you may, attributable to those foreign sales or foreign services? You then get a 50 deduction of 37.5%, whatever that number is, a deduction of 37.5%. And what that comes down to, Joe, is if everything works well on your export transactions, your foreign transactions, your corporate rate of 21% is reduced to 13.125%. 
Okay, and then a Paul, if you take that money out as a dividend, what is that effect rate then to the shareholder just looking to federal roughly? Yeah, again, if you do that, you look at then your saying would be a qualified dividend at 23.8%. So there would be a, a, a level of double taxation. But what we've figured out that it is lower than your corporate, excuse me, your overall individual rate, even with double taxation, again, because of the lower rate of 13.125%. But, you know, we mentioned always federal, you also have to factor in state. But we find out that many times in terms of state, fitting is pretty well um, received in states and it's foreign transactions. So then many times we're not in that situation incurring significant state taxes. And if the company we're talking about gets, uh, well, you wouldn't get the QBI, right? Because it's foreign source income. That is correct. Yeah. Okay, good. Now, suppose you had uh, transactions with related party, parties that are on the foreign side. How does that work? I mean, there, there is this prohibition. What you could see in of related parties, but I think the key is that it's once it really goes away from the related party, if you may, it would be good. Meaning that we have situations where we license some intellectual property to related parties, farm related parties. Once they take that IP and have it in terms of their product, that they then ship to unrelated foreign persons selling it, we then get the deduction, the fitting deduction. So it's once it really leaves, if you may, the foreign related party, it works. And what we also have quite honestly is that a lot of times we'll have where the US party will subsidiary will provide services for their foreign parent. They'll get compensated for that. In many situations, that income could constitute um, fitting income and get the deduction. And the reason is that you have to look if the foreign party is using that service that the U.S. company is providing and then selling into the United States providing an identical service, it doesn't work. But if they use that service as something similar, um, not going back into the U.S. but using it for the foreign customers, you then still would have a fitting deduction on that. So we've seen that benefit in many situations. Oh, that's great, Paul. And I really appreciate you coming on again for all three of these podcasts. And um, to everyone out there, please look out for our other two. As I said, one on guilty and one on section 962. I hope everyone and their families are doing well uh, given the circumstances. Paul, thanks again for coming on. And everyone out there, uh, carry on and stay safe. And thanks for listening. Good day. Good. Good. Thank you. Good day, everyone.